Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. My guest today takes Picasso's famous quote, all people are artists, the problem is to remain an artist as we grow up, and she opens up abstract art viewing and making as a way of seeing and experiencing intuitive, creative living energy. Cheryl Sullivan's passion is to open the creative process as a path for permission to be present with the unknown, to feel being in the body for growth, healing, and support. Are you ready to meet her? Cheryl Sillivant's first idea about art was to wonder what energy would look like on a canvas. Her work has moved from eight full-time months of studio painting at the Art Students League of New York to developing a travel-working method in which she's painted bodies of work with oil on canvas on five continents. Cheryl offers techniques to work with art as a way of living energy, and in addition to her paintings, she offers creative energy coaching, energy readings, and readings of art. You can find out more about Cheryl and her work at Art and Living Energy. Dot com. Cheryl, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you, Karen. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you're here, too. I think we need to start with the lobster claws. Can you tell me um, how the lobster claws <laughs> inspired you to practice art? Yes, I can. Um, I, I didn't know I was an artist, and I, I remember a few nice experiences growing up, but it just didn't seem like me. And um, when I was doing undergraduate work in psychology, we took animal behavior. It's, it's, I don't think they call it that anymore, but that dates me a bit. And I remember one day uh, the professor, Professor Gilbert, I remember his last name, um, mentioned that the lobster has two identical genetic claws and that the one that stimulated the most becomes the crusher. And it wasn't in the context of art, and people are talking about art in a different way now. It's being connected to the brain. But at that time, it just, it just went into the back of my mind. And that was before I practiced art, maybe, you know, five more years or more. And I just kind of learned from that that whatever I did with my mind, whatever I practiced, I just knew it was physically going to change my brain. So I got a, I got a jump on that. Um, about when I started making art, it was, it was a different process because I, I thought about that a lot. How do you believe that making art changes the brain? It literally does. Um, I, I'm really excited that I've been thinking about this for many years, but I just found a new study where um, professors in Germany, um, they, they did a trial and they, <laughs> they used, um, and I'll, I, I'll have it on my website so that people can see it, but they, they took two sets of people, a set of people, they divided them and they for 10 weeks, some were taught art appreciation, and then they were discussing art verbally. And the other group, they taught how to make some art. And it was a 10-week course on both sides. And at the end of it, the professors, um, Bulwark and Manahofner, they measured their functional brain scans, and there was a significant improvement in the psychological resilience um, and also the connectivity in the brains of the people that made art. 
And for the people that just learned about art, they were worse or even, even not even even. <laughs> so, so, um, so that's how I, I, I've always known it, but it, it's, it's interesting because science is really chasing this down now. So it really changes your brain. And it's fascinating because it doesn't, you, I mean, we can get into that discussion of like, what is good art and what is worthy art and what is valuable art? And do you like this? And do you like that? But what mm-hmm. I'm imagining is that they were making art over those 10 weeks from their own creative place without yes. judgment being placed on it. That's right. That's right. And I've, I've also worked with children in a public school in New York City um, on behalf of the museum. And you, so I, I got to experience like where children were in their minds. And m- most people, when you put art materials in them, some people are like, yeah, I'm an artist. And some are like, no, I can't touch it. Um, and then some have gifts that just show themselves. And then other people that don't think they're artists, I still can read their energy. And it's just beautiful to see. So that's one of the reasons I'm interested in opening up this, this idea to as many people as I can. Because the energy always shows itself. It's just, it's just as, you know, in this audience with intuitive, we, you know, we're used to seeing and kind of recognizing extra things that not everybody understands. But art can weave into that and also our subconscious and our dreams and images come into us so many ways that can be incorporated into an art practice. And I'm wondering, at least for me, that practice, I had some early sort of shaming experiences with art in um, in my early elementary years. And I'm laughing because nobody like set me on fire or tried to kill me. But it was clear that perhaps making visual art was not my strongest thing. Um, well. <laughs> and I didn't until I was in later life and really embracing my spiritual journey. I found things like knitting. I found things like yeah. soap making, things that engaged my body, engaged my mind, engaged yeah. my spirit. And I know yeah. that you, as I do, find that connection with intuition and art so allowing yourself to to create no matter how traumatic the past might be part of that spiritual journey what do you think about that well that's the first i I just wrote this right before you called before we spoke um that there may be healing around experiences as a child (laughs) because you were thinking of me but i'll be i'll be okay well i you know intuitively i'm not sure how that happened but um no, it, it's interesting because, you know, like there's a permission, there's a gateway, and, and it's like many things in life that, you know, some of us are told we're this, and we're told we're that, and, you know, and it, it's kind of like, yeah, so I, I do see it like part of my work can be a healing um, practice around that. Uh, yeah, and, and it's it's actually kind of interesting because it's like thinking about approximations, like, you know, those of us that have to deal with whether we're perfect or not, this is a really good place to work on that <laughs> because it really puts you in a vulnerable state. And, uh, but it also connects you to energy in a way that, that time will show. And it connects, I would say it connects you to energy in a timeless way as well, because there's something about being in that creative state, whatever it is yeah. that you're doing, where you sort of um, drop out of, or maybe not drop out of is the right word, but you see the world in a different way. Yes. Yes. And one of my, uh, one of my suggestions for practice is just, just to work with living things. So um, in art school, you work with the model and, you know, that's another traumatic experience for some people, but um, nothing, nothing so complicated, but 
my first idea is to work with maybe a plant of basil or something, something that you can buy at the grocery store that's living, that you can just examine to look for patterns in. And, and just in a small, and I have a materials list that I'll provide just to, in case people want to try some of these things themselves. Oh, great. But I, I'm really suggesting natural materials, like, uh, you know, not expensive, but good quality paper, like a special, like for your sacred self, and um, some different types of pencils, and just to start there with those two things, and just really look at basil and, and, and have a practice. Many people have different spiritual practices for your 30 minutes. You have a scheduled time, and you just sit in this quiet space, and you just look at it. And you take a lot of time, and maybe you just look at one leaf. Or, but you're not trying to make a piece of art, and that's, that's one of my points, is that anything you're doing, will show, you'll show up in, and, and just putting a safe framework around the exploration. Anything you're doing, you'll show up in. Yeah, that's very that's very powerful because, of course, it's true. And and when we are uh, working to suppress or deny that creative impulse, of course, that also shows up in what yes. we're doing. So yes. it sounds like you're talking about a way of opening ourselves up intuitively and spiritually and creatively to yes. um, energy or ability that we might have forgotten or suppressed. And it will serve you. It'll serve you. It'll 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 make your story and yourself different. It, it it it's a reassuring thing. And also, you know, so many people have like those thoughts around experiences as a child, as a as an artist. But to have a ten week program where you spend the time three times a week and you just ask yourself to try to meet the requirements of this study that showed it helped the brain, just for yourself to see you know, where it takes you. But I, I, I even imagine for parents, it might be nice for them to help support their children and kind of seeing it like opening, you know, a space around that. And, and also as a showing artist, it's been interesting because uh, different people are so afraid of it. And you say, no, it's just, it's just that. It's what you see. It's, it's also honoring your own way to see life and to see art. I think there are different benefits. Well, and you talk about, maybe this is where we'll transition a little to abstract art. You talk about okay. looking at abstract art yeah. as an energy practice. For people who yeah. are wired like I am, looking at abstract art is a test to see if you got it right. And right. if you didn't get it right, you're not good at art, and then you have to leave the museum, and I there's some kind of shaming that goes on. How can looking at abstract art be an energy practice? Well, um, have you... I can tell sometimes I need to make art when I've been walking on that shore or something and I see stones and all of a sudden they're like bears in them or something, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you've looked at clouds, I think most people can relate to that. That's one of my favorite examples is you look at the sky and all of a sudden there's a turtle and, you know, and you feel like there's a sign or a connection or you feel reassured, but it's just as free as that. And, um, um, it's just color. I mean, if you, I think the people, and I have to, I'll speak about my own art because I have experience with people looking at it. Um, but the people that see my art the best sometimes are ones that they put themselves inside the painting. Oh. So they feel like they're moving around in a space. And then there are color energies and shape energies, and maybe you could get lost in the space or 
you might find on one day you look like you're in one section of the painting and another day it's, you know, different. So it's, it's you know, I, I want to work more on how to break that down for people, but I do think it's just as simple as looking at the sky. That's a beautifully freeing way. You said something when, when I was, so when I was a little girl, I had a dollhouse and one of the, my favorite things to do was get down on the floor real close, like put my face up real close mm-hmm. to be inside the dollhouse. And what, yeah. and what you said about going inside the painting and me going inside the dollhouse is a lot about how I feel as I work with my intuition and the work that I do. It's about mm-hmm. getting so close that you can get inside and then kind of see back out the other way, if that makes yeah. sense. Another way of seeing, another way of closeness. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember on my, my journey, because I've changed spiritually over time, you know, I, 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 as many of us have. I remember I was painting on the shore in New York State, and there, you know, abstract painting also is, you know, like you're, you're collecting energy. It's kind of an interesting process. But I, I don't know. Some people do outdoor painting, but it's not quite like what I've done, perhaps. But anyway, all of a sudden, I was making these these circles on my canvas. And when I came home, I just, I went, those are portals. And it's just like, there's a different, like almost that thing, like you see a different, a different everything right behind the surface. So it, it was, that was just one of my little moments and that's my journey. But I, you know, I think many other people would, would come to different things. Like, like I said, it shows itself to you and how you believe and receive from the unknown. And it just comes in. Wow. You're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager, and my guest is Cheryl Sillivant. You can find out more about Cheryl and her work at artandlivingenergy.com. So I know that you believe that every person has symbols and energy mm-hmm. patterns that come forth. Maybe it's that urge you felt to, to show the portals that yeah. were there. What can we learn about ourselves through, as we, in that practice let those symbols come out? Yeah, the, the first thing I really, really urge people to do is to not judge what they do in the practice. So day one, you just start and and you, you speak from your hand. And I, even when I worked with the, the children of the museum program, I would just tell them, I would touch their hand and I would say, your hand's going to know more. You just let it learn, you know? So, um, so there's one thing, um, just to, especially the first week when you're doing 30-minute practices. And I like the timer. I, I like using the tonal timer so, it, you know, you bring it into sacred energy and, and then you release yourself. But don't judge it. And just put it away and then do it again two days later and spend your practice. And I would suggest staying with the same subject. Again, I like plants right now because they have a living energy that speaks back to us, I believe. Um and then do it three, each of three times in a week. And then give a day and then look at it later. It, it's not a one-week practice. Um, I have, uh, it, it's also having a lot of patience, you know, with the time. But knowing you're healing your brain or working with your brain and your energy is uh, a good payoff. But if you do it for three months, um, then you, you will see a difference. You will, see, you will, you will start showing up. And I just promise I know that. I would imagine that a practice like this would also change the way that you start to see the outside world as well, not just the basil leaf that I'm using in my practice, but that yeah. when I go outside, I see 
I see things differently as well. Yes. Um, that's one of my suggestions um, after the beginning is to spend the week and look for a color that speaks to you and just look for one color and just, you know, let it, let it come to you though. And, and another thing is I don't start with color and, but I like the idea of going to an art store or going somewhere and picking to letting color speak to you and just not getting a set of 24 or somethings or you just get, ah, you know, I feel, I feel this color and, and letting, letting, like it speak to you, like let it, getting open space. Um, so, yeah, and I, I later became a person that painted, you know, like I can look at a scene in a city and I can see identifying scenes and pull it into to a, to a canvas. So that's a, I, I consider that my second course to talk to people about kind of that scene. But, yeah, uh, and I have to say one of the nicest things anyone ever said to me about my work was... Um, and she, her father was a documentary filmmaker, and she was a very intriguing person. She came to see my work, and she looked at me, and she said, you've made me see differently. And, and it was just a very special thing. So it's an invitation for, yes, everyone else to, like, find a way that they see, yeah. Wow. Can you say a little, I know you've, you have traveled all over the world and painted all over the world, is there one place or one work that especially surprised you? Um, I think about that. But, um, uh, it's a it's an interesting thing to take a suitcase with oil paints and materials and land somewhere, and you know, within two weeks or three weeks, create a style that has to do with that place. It's a, it, it's an incredible. It's, 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 I'm not that fun during part of it, I have to tell you. Um, but but it, it's like, like, I don't know, it's a spiritual audience. Like India, for example, like it landed and, and it was so much more overwhelming than anything. Even though I read about it, I see movies, I was like, oh my gosh, you know. But then just looking for identifying shapes and then feeling this enchantment, like you, you see the scene, but also feel the energy of the spiritual layers of civilization in front of you and and a delicacy and so some of those works are quite it's quite nice it's just it's a it's a, it really is energy reading <laughs> like um that was a special trip that was a very special trip and it's it's it kind of it goes against that old idea where art has to look like the thing i will go to india i will paint the taj mahal everyone will know it is the taj mahal what you do is the color, the life, the light of what you perceive in that place. And there, there are usually, you know, I think everyone, everyone sees the world differently, but there are identifying shapes that I try, that I find, and they, you know, they, they kind of come in and then you see them. Yes. So that's one way, but, but cultures have, um, they do have color language. And it's interesting because my painting starts when I pack, you know, it's like just this intuitive, like literally, like, help me know what colors to put in the suitcase, you know, because if I don't have it, I can't get it. So it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting um, about reading culture with, with shape also. And I really encourage people to think about shapes. Um, they're all around us and they're pretty neat, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And, and they're everywhere when you change your way of seeing. 
Yeah. Of course. Well, it's like the lobster claw. What you put your attention on grows, right? The thing that gets yeah. the most work grows. Yeah. And so as you begin to look and see in this way, I imagine you'll see all kinds of shapes that you didn't see before. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And I think each each week in practice for, for anyone, no matter you know how they do it, you know, that it, the more you spend time on the material, the more the world will show up for you. It, it just has a way to do that. For someone who is wanting just to get started and they're feeling a little mm. nervous, is yeah. is it okay to, you said, good paper? And yeah. are you suggesting people start with a pencil or charcoal or pastels or what? I I picked out a couple of... I, I like um, pencils, art pencils at the art store come in. Um, bees, I don't know, bees. They're the softer ones. I don't like... For this practice, I, I prefer the soft ones. But there, you can you can get either a set, and I'll, again, it'll be posted on my my website. Um, but I picked out like a, a two and a four and a seven. I, I went to work on this, like you know, so that people could feel different. Because you want to be tactile. You want to really feel just uh, moving on the paper. Um, so that, and I, I'll have a couple of recommended papers. I like multimedia paper because we. And the, and the idea that I'm offering, want to offer working into watercolor later, so multimedia paper um, allows that. And also, as a, as a person that's made a lot of art, I recommend getting tablets that conform to regular frame sizes. Because if you have a genius moment, <laughs> it, if it fits to a frame, you can get it inexpensively, like you just made your life different, you know. So. Oh, that's awesome. Actually, that's really great. And it And there's... From my standpoint, you have given yourself permission to put that up on the wall. This yeah. is beautiful. I made this. I honor this. And bam, here it is in the frame and it's on the wall. When people go to artandlivingenergy.com, can you let us know about the services you offer and how listeners can get in touch with you? Yes. I'm offering um, 10-week coaching um, services and the prices will be posted there. Um, I have a certificate in coaching in, from the city, and um, I'm, kind of, I'm, I'm reforming it around art. Um, and I also am giving 30-minute, you know, I, I don't know what people need, so uh, but I call it energy readings. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's an intuitive reading about patterns or energy or creative process. Um, so I'll be offering those two things. What is most important for us to know? We're in a time when everything can feel noisy and discordant yeah. and difficult. There's lots of quarreling and strangeness. Yeah. For yeah. someone on a spiritual journey, someone trying to tap yeah. into their creative heart, what do you feel like we most need to know? I think sitting still with nature in this way lets you tune into your own energy. And I, I feel like and I'm I'm trying to keep this just to art to be very frank. <laughs> I feel like as an artist, there are so many people that think that art's this or this or this or this or this. So just just my I mean for tw- you know twenty how many years, it, it's like no, it's my practice and my energy and my relationship to my life and how I believe in the spiritual realm. So I just I recommend people like think of it as a way to silence everything but also to listen without judgment to your own, like, presence. Mm. 
That's beautiful. Cheryl, thank you very much for being on the show. Oh, my pleasure. I'm, I'm so appreciative for the opportunity to be here. Thank you, Karen. You're very welcome. That is Cheryl Sillivant. You can find out more about Cheryl and her work at artandlivingenergy.com. You'll find a materials list there if you'd like to begin an art as living energy practice. Um, take a look and don't be afraid to put something on paper. When I uh, began to knit, okay, and I've been knitting for a long time and I'm still knitting, so I still do this. So when I knit today and I make mistakes, I often have to remember that it's not really a mistake. It's a design choice, right? So let it flow right out of you, whether it feels like a mistake or whether it feels exactly right. Just let it let it out. There's something freeing in that, something that takes you deeper, brings you maybe inside to look out through a different lens. You can always get information about working with me privately if you'd like to. That information's at karenhager.com. There's upcoming classes and events. There's always good stuff going on there. And if you believe, as I do, that when we put our collective intention on peace, that it really does help change the world, I invite you to check out openpeacefulheart.com. We run a free monthly guided meditation open to anybody wherever you are in the world with a focus on peace. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.